Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. We are uh, honored, really, truly. This is a fantastic uh, um, film. Um, So uh, lucky to have with us uh, Mark Myers, who will be joining us in just a second. Let me describe the film to you first. Uh, Travis is a struggling young musician who crosses paths with Ellen, an older married yoga instructor who is in the process of adopting a child. Travis and Ellen begin an affair that slowly deepens into something more intimate and profound as their encounters continue. Travis must face the consequences of infidelity while Ellen is confronted with her crumbling marriage. We're joined today by the writer and director of the film, How He Fell in Love. Wonderful film. We're honored to have with us today, Mark Myers. Mark, welcome to Film School. Hi. uh, Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. Um, This is... uh, such a well-written and well-acted film. Um, it is such an intimate film. I think I alluded to that in the intro. Um, and I, first of all, uh, congratulations on this film. And uh, where did the Thank story you. come from? Um, in in uh, What is the basis of how he fell in love? Well, I was um, in anticipation of... Um, today i was trying to remind myself because you know it's a long journey to get a movie from you know sitting at your desk and typing to getting it made now fortunately it's out in the theaters um but the seed of it started with the opening scene of the movie takes place at a wedding Mm -hmm. and that was based off of the like one of the early one act plays that i had written um that i had produced in you know when um a while ago when I used to write more theater. And so I reached back and took that one-act play and looked at it, and I was like, I think there's something in this that would be a good starting-off point for this, you know, this male character. So you know, he's at his ex-girlfriend's wedding and has a conversation with her that kind of kicks off the film. Mm-hmm. And from there, I thought it would be fun to sort of see where he goes from that point. And I wanted to explore like different aspects of love and how you fall in love. So here he was crossing paths with his ex-girlfriend and she had now quickly fallen in love with someone else and was getting married and now he's about to meet someone that was at the wedding yeah. and that goes down, uh, you know, sort of a... Um, what was the... the ex- adventurous romantic path. Yeah, the ex would had been with her now uh, husband, what, eight months, I think, as I recall, and the, hadn't been with... Her husband, the the woman getting married, had had just. So you're right. It was sort of a, once. It, th- there's there's so much in this film that feels, um, so. Um, honest. There's a there's a there's a degree of honesty in the writing and in the acting in this film that it just really elevates it. And I, that is in the Thank writing. You. Yeah, it, it's in the writing. But uh, I, before we get too far into this, I, I really want to acknowledge the the actors in this film. They are just absolutely yeah. fantastic. Uh, and so much of any film is in the casting. Tell me a little bit about how you came to Matt McGorry as well as well as Anne. Is it Har Hargreaves or Hargraves? Um, I Hargraves. Hargraves. Yeah, and, and she's amazing. 
Well, once we, my wife is my producing partner, and once we had figured out the approach to get this off the ground and, and, and shoot it, um, we decided to sort of just do open auditions with actors that were based in New York, where we're from. Mm-hmm. And we're really just, I was really open. I just wanted to see who might come through the room, who might express interest through a casting director. And um, the first audition for Matt McGorry, he was unavailable that day because he was filming the pilot for How to Get Away with Murder. And so he Skyped in to the uh, casting room and did a audition from his, like, hotel room. And he, he, he put the laptop, I guess, in the hotel bed and read the scene with the reader. And we just sat around a laptop. And then when it came time to do our callbacks for the Travis role in the, in the, in the interim, we had chosen Amy Hargraves as the perfect Ellen for the, for the film. So those callbacks became sort of chemistry reads where we had uh, a number of wonderful actors come through and each of them, I think were stylistically different and it helped us sort of just learn, figure out and really find the sort of an every man kind of type for the Travis role. I didn't want it to be, too specific, like the like a Bushwick musician or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like that, or too hunky. I wanted it to not be very on the nose, I guess, in one way or the other. And Matt is a really wonderful guy. I adore him as a friend, and he's a very respectful person, and, and it came through in that first chemistry read. He was very respectful of Amy in what was going to be in a, sort of an in, intimate conversation that they were going to have that on the page even asked for them to kiss and he he like made sure that what she was okay with before they did the scene together and part of it was also us exploring with Amy which man she would feel really comfortable with and so it became a very much a a collaborative conversation because we knew we wanted to sort of explore what was on the page in in real ways um, and that intimacy. So a lot of it had to be, you know, sort of figured out through through that process. So, so we couldn't just sort of appoint people to the roles. Right. So I understand. So Amy was is, was helping kind of filter through your help your options as far as the 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 lead actor is concerned. Did I understand that correctly? Or was, yeah. Sorry, okay. I'm not yeah. sure if it was perfectly clear. Yeah, but no, like no. in the process of casting, we had found Amy. Right. And right. you know, and, and our casting director knew her well and I had never met her before. So when we did the callbacks, it was no longer about also finding I got you. the the Ellen role. It was about with Amy figuring out who could very well be her co star. Yeah. Yeah. Well and and she's terrific, by the way. She is uh she's been she was in Blue Ruin, which is a wonderful film. Shame as well as uh, Michael Clayton. Um and it's it, the film is called How He Fell in Love, and I don't think I'm betraying anything in the film by saying it takes a while for for him for Travis to open up, where she is so immediately accessible. So I'm I don't know if I'm reacting as just just a guy <laughs> reacting to her, but her performance is so open and so vulnerable and so I just immediately was drawn to her as a character in this film. Um, and she's just, she's just so good. And, and I, but if, so it's called How He Fell in Love, but it feels like it's her movie. 
am I, am I, how, how, how would you react to that? Is that, is that true? Or um, what, what would you say to that? I, I guess I think that how he fell in love pertains not only to Travis, yeah. the Matt McGorry character, yeah. but also she could basically think of it as how he fell in love with me. Yeah. And then also it, it, the movie helps explore an understanding for the audience of how her husband fell in love. And so, and, and why everyone fell in love with someone else. So, yeah. the, the how he fell in love was a, a, a way in mm-hmm. to the movie. And, I, and through the process of the film, the story and my making of it and rewriting it, I knew I was, I was actually re- rewriting something and then in, the, in, in shooting it as well, where it was really about exploring marriage. And so you're starting with a guy who steps into a marriage and disrupts it, but then this really is an instigator to her really putting her marriage on the blocks mm-hmm. and looking at it um, under you know pressure. Yeah. And so I just felt like the How He Fell in Love title could apply to sort of some perspective of all, for all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just the you know a way in. Yeah, <clears throat> we're speaking with Mark Myers. He's the director, writer, and producer of the film How He Fell in Love. It's opening here in Los Angeles. I just want to make sure we get it. We're we're going to be to for the opening. It is at the Lemley. Is that yeah Lemley um, Fine Arts Theater on that's on Wilshire and Beverly Hills. It's also going to be opening as you if you go to the site howhefellinlove.com you can find out more about the openings but here in Los Angeles it'll be at the Lemley Fine Arts Theater um here in Beverly Hills Los Angeles it's on Wilshire it's a great theater go there are you in town by any chance I am I'm in town I'm looking forward to tonight it'll be fun okay. hopefully there's you know a, a fun uh, enthusiastic audience Matt McGorry will also be there as well as Amy Hargraves so we're all excited to, you know, have a little reunion, and there'll be a Q&A after the 7 o'clock showing and a little intro before the 9 o'clock, or the 9.20. Wonderful. You're, and I, as, I, as I'm not mistaken, you're also uh, doing some on Saturday as, as well? And the exact same thing on Saturday as well, and then I will continue on Sunday in the afternoon and do a Q&A as well, I believe at the 4 o'clock. Well, in addition... Um, oh, sorry. Yes, it's yeah. four o'clock. Four o'clock. In, in addition to being the acting and the writing, and the writing is superb. I mean, it's really, I don't think people quite appreciate how difficult it is to write dialogue. This is a film that is driven, uh, informed by the writing. And it is, and again, it's this back and forth. The, the, the conversations felt very natural, very organic to the si- situation and to these characters. Um, so again, <laughs> congratulations on, on that. Thank you. As well as the filming, and this is, after all, we're called film school for a reason. Uh, your cinematographer, and I'm going to butch uh, Ruben O'Malley, yeah. he, he gets right in there. I'm, I'm sure it's your direction and how these shots were framed and the, the, the back and forth between them um, is just, we're right in that conversation. We're right there in the room with them. Tell me a little bit about the sort of your relationship with Ruben O'Malley as a cinematographer and what you were talking about before you started the film and if that changed during the during the process of making the film. Um, it's our second feature together, so in, in some ways it was us finishing off things that we had been attempting with the previous film. It was 
and a certain aesthetic that I love. There's movies like by Olivier Assayas that I just love the way he moves the camera and just all kinds of films that I gather together on DVD and could point to scenes and I love the way that they shot certain scenes and use that as a as a guide at some point and then I'm a meticulous um, storyboarder so I was storyboarding you know during pre-production and even you know during filming in the evening for the looking at it again and, and doing it for the for the next day's filming and that really gave it um, you know a, a lot of control so that we could really focus on other things. I knew how I want the camera to move. I knew the sort of influences in advance so that we could predetermine where the camera was going to play. And then you're always reacting to the environment that you're provided with. So you're doing your best to make some decisions, you know, right there in the moment with the actors and things like that. Um, so there's a long list of films and I, you know, I, I just would reference various ones, and I also always have a binder with imagery in it, so that I could point to the actors, especially some of the intimate scenes, and say, like, we're going to shoot this scene, like, sort of like this photograph, and it helped them give, it, it, it gave them a little more comfort to, like, get into a hotel bed and do an intimate moment and understand where the camera was going to respectfully be, and you can find a lot of that sort of sexy photography on, like, Tumblr. Mm -hmm. And I put it all into a binder. And that also helped. And then the, the other philosophy I had was just, I'm not really about making sure I'm getting all the coverage I need, but I'm just trying to make really, really sort of singular choices that best tell that scene in, 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 in sort of a few shots by also not trying to put myself in a position where in the edit room I'm repeating an angle too much. Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of always be visually progressing, so to move the camera, and I wasn't about trying doing wide shots, so I would sometimes do two mediums, um, but as they walk through the space, for example, the medium may find the other actor and then go with him mm -hmm. as he wandered somewhere else, so that the camera could kind of explore, but still have a sort of a, a movement to the frame that's calm and, and not sort of showing off or making you aware of how the camera is behaving. So you hopefully just, we had this nickname, I'm now remembering, where Ruben and I would be like, yeah, we're in, the, we're in their sphere, we're in their little world, and it was us deciding to be like really close to them versus observing them from a distance. And so we always kind of tried to stay in their, in their sphere, in their orbit. And what again, in, in furtherance of that sort of idea, the this intimacy. Well, there a lot you shot a lot in tight spaces, in apartments, and you know, restaurants that were you know sort of uh, smaller, and yeah. in cars and vans or whatever, driving around, driving to the to their uh, when they went on the weekend together and things like that. Right. But but it, it again, it was it. You also didn't use a lot of music. And there was not, I mean, you had the the acoustic music, but there isn't a lot of background music. And oftentimes in films, the, the music, the, the soundtrack, is intended to draw out an emotion, draw you into a scene in some way, make it connect with you more. I found that 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 not having the music, not having that that soundtrack, pulled me in more and more into their to their relationship. I felt more connected to them. So I just find it an interesting, I mean, all, all filmmakers 
are different in, in the way they approach these things. But I really like that. I, I felt because I felt much more connected to what was going on on screen because of that. Thank you. I'm, gl- I'm glad it came together. That was um, West African. Well, there was. Inspired. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Was that, like, is that a. Used, um, is that Torre? Is that. Uh, uh, I used uh, Ali Farcatore's yeah. style of music yeah. as inspiration, as a guide when I sat down with the composer. And I said, look, look, kind of what this. This music, we understand it, but we don't, underst- we don't know these instruments that well. And I think that will play really interesting underneath a contemporary, um, uh, you know, New York City set movie. Yeah. And, and I liked that contrast of it sort of being not bluesy, not identifiable, not like American sounding. But I also, the music f- for me was, Sort of in formation. This is at a moment, a moment in, tra- in Travis's life as a character, where he's kind of going through a creative block, and his music is not flowing out of him. And so I felt like the music was also sort of maybe the formation of him f- trying to find a new sound, yeah. so that there's music at the end of the film. So that there's yeah. there's sort of a you know a, a musical journey that's going on. That may not be an audience doesn't maybe pick it up, but for me it gave it a sort of a, a, a thread. Yeah, yeah, and there's kind of a rush of music at the end and through the credits. Which, by the way, shout out to uh, the Gambles, uh, which is you use a, a fair amount of their work as well as some other people. It's a really terrific sounding. Uh, the, the music that is used in the film is really Thank quite good. Gambles is one mysterious musician. He's a singer-songwriter that I found in the process of being in the edit room. I had emailed um, Pitchfork and asked them for some recommendations, like some of the staff writers there. And I didn't know them. I just kind of emailed them cold and asked them if they had any recommendations to any New York-based Dylan-esque kind of musicians mm-hmm. that they could maybe uh, you know, recommend. And one writer wrote back, got to talk to this guy. Oh, well. And I, I reached out to him and invited him to the edit room and sort of showed him what I was working on. And, and he wrote a, a new song for us. And yeah, wow. it was a really nice process. Yeah, really. It's very, very good. It, it, the whole film, it, I, I, I can't strongly recommend this enough. Right? It's, it is, uh, as I said, it's just playing um, here in town. Let me go back to where we're at the Fine Arts in, in uh, Beverly Hills on Wilshire. And you'll be there for a Q&As uh, tonight, Friday night, as well as Saturday night with uh, some of the cast, including yeah. Matt and Amy. And then you'll be there on Sunday for the 4 p.m. screening as well. Um, yeah. I congratulate. Oh, I want to also mention very quickly um, Brittany Alford and Mark Bloom. Brittany plays uh, Travis's uh Girlfriend, or he's had he's having a relationship with her at the beginning of the film. Um, it's not going well. And then um, Mark Bloom, who plays um, uh, Ellen's husband, uh, he's terrific. It's um, just you assembled a wonderful group of people to participate in the film, to be a part of it. They're terrific actors, all of them, um, and it's just a terrific film. And I, I'm so. Glad that uh, I was able to have an opportunity to talk to you about it um, and um, hope to be able to make it up to uh, the uh, screening tonight to, to, to be able to say hi. 
So uh, thank you. That, that yeah. you know, this really means a lot to me. Thank you. I mean, it's really gratifying, and I'm grateful to so to have the movie get to this point where I can just share it with strangers and yeah. and friends. And I hear the the screen there is a beautiful big screen, so I'm excited to see it in that yeah. in that room and yeah. um and just you know just to add to Mark Blum and Brittany, they're just also just wonderful people, and I, I really. I'm glad they came to the project, too. We had a lot of fun working together. Yeah. Well, your previous film, Harvest, uh, let's just throw that in the mix. Um, and, and that's where you must have worked with um, your cinematographer prior. I assume that was when you were working right. with uh, Ruben. Well, and that's on iTunes, and I did that with Robert Loja and Barbara Berry and a, right. a really fun ensemble cast. Right. An award-winning film, I believe. You won some awards for that as well. So... Uh, Terrific stuff, uh, Mark. Uh, I look forward to uh, what you've got up next, and I hope that this leads to a lot of wonderful projects, uh, and you continue to write as well. Continue your. Thank you. Your, I'm in your, pre-production right now on a movie I'm going to shoot later this summer, so okay. we're, I'm trying to just move forward. Well, all <laughs> the best, uh, and get up to Los Angeles tonight, kids, and, and see how he fell in love, and uh, help support. This is the kind of independent filmmaking that... Uh, you want to get out of bed and, and to see, because this is this is this is what this is what we hope for when we go to see a movie uh, about this kind of a, a relationship and this level of honesty and intimacy is it's terrific stuff. Thank you so much, Mark, for being here on Film School. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.